Welcome to another episode of Talking in Stations. I am Matterall, News Chief for Imperium News. Today we have a great show with people who have experience in building community, and we want to welcome a former EVE player and somebody that gave a us... A legend. <laughs> there you go. You should do this intro. A legend, um, Aerodanica. Welcome to the show. So for those who, people who don't know who uh, Danny is, and uh, first of all... Oh, first name basis already. It's very cool to... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, very cool to uh, meet you. Uh, she not only was a very prolific podcaster back when I first started playing about five years ago, but really worked to uh, build up the infrastructure for podcasts and other creative members in the community, uh, and arguably is the reason why we have such a vibrant community today. Uh, podcasting community, I mean. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hello. Uh, wow. Yes. Uh, that's, that's a tall order, man. That's a tall order. <laughs> I know. You gotta... Thank you. I appreciate it. It's very flattering. Um, glad I could help. Glad I could help. I'm very stoked that the podcasting community and streaming community are like so alive. There's still, you know, player-run tournaments. It's, it's baller. It's super <laughs> baller. But that's the youth community. So what are you going to do? Yeah. We'll talk a bit more about that a little later as we're going to dive into some of the stuff you did and uh, get on to the actual topic of the show, which is all related, and that is uh, new players and returning players uh, and uh, how they're look, looking at EVE now and stuff like that. So rounding out guests are, um, we'll go one by one here, uh, Ash Tarathi. Yeah, greetings fellow Imperians. I am Ash Tarathi, CEO of Aderon Robotics and uh, writer, podcaster, blogger and now streamer on my uh on my own stream i stream basically almost every day now yeah it's a real renaissance man dunk tinkle from brave hello all welcome brave people and everyone else in eve i do things for brave awesome from csm we have Gentan. hello lovely to be here and from horde we have nydia masters hey how's it going he'll be the one off camera and finally, we have Porkbutt from, formerly from Karma Fleet. I'm still in Karma Fleet, but I'm not the CEO anymore. Oh, okay. From Karma Fleet, Porkbutt. Also from Imperium News. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for showing up this early. Most of us are West Coast. That's why it's dark behind us. Uh, we're starting at uh, so early. But thank you for showing up. Let's get on with the show. So uh, first thing we're going to do is some news, and let me get to the sheet here. Uh, In-game news, uh, we have Inception 1.5 that's coming out, and it looks like they're just going to spread the systems out for new players, uh, as well as uh, deliver a little bit more SP for the injectors that are coming out. You can look at that on Dev Blog. And we also have CCP uh, making visitation to their facilities a formal thing, and um, I guess you can look up that dev blog as well. I think that's uh, the industry's first time that it's happened. Anyone know? I don't. What if this the, is the first, like, first time that they've made like you know visiting procedures for uh, if you come onto a campus yeah. or something? Yeah, the C well the CCP campus has always had people just drop by, and a lot of other gaming companies have policies and procedures. But the problem is is that like 
Iceland is such kind of a remote, exotic locale for a lot of people. They like they'll just go to Iceland, and while they're there, they'll, they'll just drop by CCP's office with little to no warning. So mm-hmm. while they, while they love interacting with players, uh, they now have a formal policy to be like, hey, if you do want to come visit, because they always have to answer those questions of like, how do I get a hold of you guys? What to do? All that stuff. So just formalizing the process. I think a lot of other companies have most tech companies. I've worked in just little software development companies with 30 people in it, and they still have a policy for what to do when, when people show up. Yeah. Like, what do we do with this guy? He's in the alley. He's not going away. Um, so that's uh, what's going on in game news. And you can always catch that with um, This Week in Eve, uh, which it's put out on the Eve forums. You can find it there. Uh, in player news, uh the keep star for CO2 is under siege, uh, and there's uh, this is kind of really cool. We can talk about this a little bit later, um, but they're they've put up um, the by they I mean the invading forces, which would be Northern Coalition Horde, uh, Pandemic Legion as well. But uh, Northern Coalition has put up a couple of citadels aside the giant fortress that they're about to assault. So it looks like these siege machines getting ready to take down this uh, extra large citadel. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I do love like the kind of visual they've set up. It's like it really is. It's like a uh, in a uh, Game of Thrones where they just sit with their camps all outside of the enemy fortress and they're just waiting. Yeah. For that one yeah. you know, for that one charge. Yeah. So. So what what exactly is set up? Is it they have like stars over there or what? What's set up? They set up uh, just a couple Astro houses um, to you know as two little points above the. Uh, keep star and they they're kind of like there's they're little yeah little camps of the invading forces as they gather to take down this giant keep star uh which is pretty interesting and then also in the system there's a few more uh there's a couple fortizars which are the medium citadels and those are kind of the um i guess the refugee camps you know because those are put up by co2 uh it's just interesting the way that the visuals kind of line up if you ever get a chance to see that uh i believe the system is mtech uh, I think that we would call that a rear echelon, not a refugee camp, because that's basically their capital support, right? Or ca- yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but I'm an NC, so I think of it as a refugee camp. <laughs> uh, okay. So also this week in uh, player news, we had CO2 FC leaks. Um, actually, a document was put out on different mediums, uh, and it was basically a collection of... Uh, Ha ha! Look, we spied on you, and here's the, here's the stupid things you said. But if you look at the actual one that's not edited, um, which was also released, uh, there's some interesting stuff there. If you want to get to see how um, big alliances kind of function, you know, you can you can look at that and see that. It's a ton of and material. I think one of the most interesting things to look into there is why it was released, mm-hmm. which is not that you know it was some horribly dangerous thing that's going to destroy the alliance from the inside out due to drama. It's simply starting both, you know, that internal questioning of, all right, so who's the spy, but also making people very afraid to post what they might think, as they're afraid of being public, you know, publicly exposed for saying it. And mm. um, that kind of barrier does prevent an effective FC team. That's why keeping your FC channel secure is very important. So, so some you know, psychological people... warfare. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's a wonderful bit of psychological warfare. I think it was I was watching Capstable and they were talking about playing a game of Werewolf. It might have been it might have been somebody else, but um, but they were likening the game of Werewolf with 
EVE Online politics, where there's one person that is obviously against everybody else secretly, but the hunt for that person, for the spy or for the werewolf, is often more damaging than the actual entity itself. I would absolutely love to play a game of EVE-flavored werewolf. <laughs> that would be... That would be totally cool. can. Just start hunting spies. Alright, so someone hook me up. Let's do this. Alright, awesome. Absolutely. And Porkbite is somebody who knows about hunting spies, right? Are you allowed to divulge why you know that? Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you just have to deal with. And whenever you're in a large organization, your best defense against any kind of spy is to just make sure that you uh, isolate um, and compartmentalize as much as possible. Uh, you have to understand, like, I mean, we know we have spies. We always have spies in our um, FC channels, like our skirmish command channels. But the one place we don't want them is a place like our like higher organizational channels and stuff. So we usually watch those a lot more carefully. So this, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't really that impressed with the log leak, to be honest. I thought that it was pretty easy to get that kind of information, and it's not that hard to put somebody in there who knows a little bit about herding cats to get people you know, to get that kind of thing. But it is interesting, I guess, for people that don't see it every day. Yeah. So So it's nothing new on my end. I mean, it just was like, eh, it's another FC channel for, you know, yeah. X Alliance. Just replace the name and it could be anywhere. Right. I mean, when, when you guys see other breaches, uh, it's like Lemba's breach, for instance, that's a, was that equivalent or was that at a higher level? Uh, yeah, Limba's breach was definitely, I think, more eye-opening if people got a chance to read that because there was a lot of logs. Um, a lot of the logs that I think were released, I don't know if you released, um, I know PL has like the entire library of logs from that and they just kind of pigeonholed what they wanted to release. But um, there was a, a, probably a pretty good chance for people to see like how uh, like Greenstorm's directory it works. Well, that's kind of interesting because this was released. They'd taken out the parts and summarized the parts that they wanted to point out that were kind of damaging in a ha-ha, you guys are retarded way. Well, that's a bit of the case. I mean, like, I don't think we'll remembers from Brave. You know, people did the same thing to us when Brave was kind of in the middle of uh, collapsing and catch and trying to evacuate out of there uh, back in like 2015. And um, it's just always the case whenever there's a big blog leak, uh, they're going to pick and choose the best bits to put in there. Um, maybe some of it's contextual, maybe some of it's not. But uh, the ultimate goal is to just try to damage the reputation or damage the organization as it uh you know, right now is the make or break time. CO2 is either going to survive this or there's just going to be enough people pecking away at it that, um, you know, it's not going to remain intact as it is currently. Like maybe it'll cascade completely, maybe it won't. Yeah. My money is that they'll stay together. Uh, there's a pretty strong core group of people there. So um, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think the king is coming. I hear trumpets. Uh, oh, sorry. No, that's the crazy people outside. <laughs> um, that's, that's I think Gondor, Gondor needs aid. Okay. <laughs> 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 but, no, I, but I was going to say, I mean, way back from my time, you know, diploing in the Northern Coalition moves like the, the original Northern Coalition. Yes, the original. These moves are strictly propaganda because if you do have, you know, tactical information, you're not going to want to publish that publicly. You're going to want to keep that to yourself because, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And you don't want to give anybody else free information. I mean, free information is its own currency and even online. So these things are more to demoralize the base morale, you know, of your 
of your baseline pilots, your frontline pilots, because they're going to say, you know, oh, well, I don't want to go on fleets anymore. My FC might be a spy or, oh, my leadership doesn't know what the hell they're doing. I'm going to go find somewhere else to go. So it, it's more, you know, bleeding your numbers and and putting out propaganda that your leadership is, you know, shit so that you just lose on a whole other level. Yeah. Well, who wants yeah. to belong to people who are laughed at too? Like it's not, well, it's kind of a big deal for some groups. And I think some groups handle it a lot better than others. We actually were messing around with this really small group in Nullsec, like in the corner of like nowhere that, um, thought they were really big and bad. And all we were doing was just a waxing, um, and making them feel unsafe. Uh, but that has a really demoralizing effect on, um, the entire organization and they're trying to find like weed out the people who are you know providing warp ins and all this other stuff and then they're falsely accusing people of you know being spies and they're accusing the wrong people and we're just sitting there like laughing um because we're oh. evil goons like that but um the best thing you can possibly do is get a spy into their alliance publicly leak some logs and manage to fa manufacture evidence proving that it was someone else who was actually effective within their leadership team. Well, you don't even have to manufacture evidence. I mean, the thing is, is like, there's not really that much effort it takes. I mean, people will just go ahead and blame somebody for like just laughing the wrong way, you know? And, and that's the thing about human nature is humans are like, humans are kind of mean to each other. All right, before we go down that dark alley, let's finish up the news. Uh, so we also have, uh, speaking of dark alleys, we have Darkness, who is this third party uh, arbitrator, which would uh, take... Um, basically at third-party services, which means in EVE... Actually, Ash, I love the way you explain things. Can you explain what third-partying is? Yeah, so there's a lot of things in EVE, although it's less true now that Keepstars existed, that, that Keepstar exists, but there are a lot of things in EVE that cannot be directly traded, specifically super capitals, i.e. Titans. Um, before they could dock up in Keepstars, there was no 100% safe way to transfer them. So, you know... I have a hundred billion isk or whatever. You have a Titan. Either I transfer the isk to you, and now you have a Titan and a hundred billion isk, and I have nothing, or you transfer me the Titan, and then I have them both, and you have nothing. So the way it works is that you pick a third party who both people trust, and then the first person transfers them the isk. That person validates that they've received the isk. Then the Titan is transferred, and then the third party agent transfers the money back to the other person. Now. Historically, the, the, the most famous third party has been Kriba, um, who basically created this market on the trust that he had built in basically the first decade of the game. A game. And then there's been other people who have used that trust or used trust. Continue uh, to use it. A, a failed uh, application of trust in order to steal a lot of isk from people. Famously, uh, the Mitanni actually told a story about one of their guys who's like less than a week into the corp and managed to convince somebody to, to buy a Titan that didn't really exist uh, using the Mitanni's name back when he was on the CSM as like, see, look, we can, you can trust us. So there's, there's both this really nice, there's this third party trusting services, which is kind of going out of yeah. phase because keep stars have basically replaced them. Um, mm. And then you have obviously the fact that if, if you want to, you don't have to transfer that money back. So if you, if you want to use that, trust mm -hmm. you can steal a bunch of money which well, actually, is basically what happened and that's clue number one that 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 third partying is kind of coming it's no longer useful because now you can park stuff in uh, a citadel and actually trade there so this kind of thing is 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 going away and that's again we did an investigation 
at Imperium News, uh, Thal wrote the article, uh, Thal Ancora, and uh, he kind of investigated this whole thing. And um, there wasn't a lot of news because if people don't want to talk, they don't talk. And that's just that, right? That's the nature of the game. But it just looks like the pieces are that um, he's leaving the game anyway, hadn't been seen much, and uh, wanted to... Uh, you know, cash out. Uh, not very much. He only got $350 billion compared to the trillions that he had kind of moved back and forth. But it did amount to, as far as profits, a big chunk of uh, stuff because you only get paid $500 million per transaction. So you can imagine, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. Only. Yeah. Uh, Danny, do you have something to say on this? If not, if it's okay, I was just a thought. I saw an X down there. Yeah. Why are we Xing in channel? Sorry. So... Uh, the whole Keystar thing. I really don't get it. Like, and I just wanted to say, is is CCP trying to make Eve safer? Is yes. that is that what this? Wait, uh, I, I think it's less of a case oh. of making Eve safer, just more so in this case, making Eve less tedious. Because as the game progresses and as people get older, other people want things like super carriers. They want titans, and. There's no easy way to be able to purchase one of these without using a third-party service or just getting screwed out of it. Now with these keep stars, now in theory you could just contract them over. You could, you could sell them uh, over on the market. But so, like in the case of Darkness, as someone who has personally used the services in the past and recommended them over Kriba, for example, and over Grendel and other names in the past, this is a bit scary and at the same time not entirely unexpected given the type of game we play okay um let's real quick go to ash Jarathi, then we're going to continue the news and get on to uh, the other segments so ash did you want to say something on this yeah i wanted to respond to that question about whether or not this is making eve safer because i actually don't think it is um one of the one of the things is that in order for citadels to be successful as a feature it has to provide reasons to want to be part of it and so the Titan, or you know, you're, the fact that you can now dock Titans is just kind of bait to use those things. But if you think about it, what they're really doing is they're trying to build the capability of capstone level uh, fights, you know, BTEC R level kind of conflicts. Um, the, especially with the new SOV system in which everything's kind of spread out, it kind of gives glory to the more maneuverable ships and not these the big Titans and all that kind of stuff. But what's going what ends up happening with these keep stars is that they do have this uh, illusion of safety, and so people might bring more titans and dock them in them, and suddenly somebody will have a cache that's worth too much, and you know these things are worth a ton. They're worth basically a titan already. So it's like you can you can dock your titans, but you're you're kind of hanging them in space and making them attackable, much like we're seeing a siege getting ready for uh, the keep star now. And and so that's what I think is really what's going on. It, it is a bit more slow to, slow, and it is mo a bit more plotting. But you know, if you think about it, BTACR happened because a cache of equipment was at risk, and so CCP is engineering, kind of giving us enough rope to hang ourselves by allowing us to dock the most valuable equipment in the universe in something. Okay, so thanks for that. We're going to finish up the news now, and that is that uh, Tissue finally shutters, and that was put out by uh, Matani on Imperium News. Just a little jab at them, because uh, he is not a fan. And they... I, I would like to point out that Brave has survived now. Uh, everyone else <laughs> fail skating around them, and we live, and Tissue is dead, and Black Legion is dead. 
Yeah, you you guys you guys yeah. are, are digging in, man. You did well. Living is generous. Yeah, uh, surviving. I do want to definitely oh, come t- bring it. If you think we're just surviving, <laughs> come bring it, my friend. That challenge. Oh, you can die. All right, don't make me reach through this uh, uh, apparatus to hold you two back. This is what they're watching for. This is what they're watching <laughs> that's right. on Twitch for right now to that's hear right. this shit talk. It's really sad, but that's me. what really drives numbers. Okay, the last piece of news is um, who wrote that? Then falls uh, to the state. Oh, that was me. Yeah. What's that about? Just in faction warfare news, uh, Nenamelia, which is a was a uh, primary system of the Galente Federation, a capital system for a long time. It has been held by the Federation by for either five or six years. And on the, I think it was the sixth year anniversary of Nena falling to the Federation, the state has now retaken it, um, which. There's been a few articles and a lot of discussions about this. This is kind of an ongoing conflict between the state and federation, obviously. But um, you know, we had our Ivonan campaign a few months, a few weeks ago, and then before that, there are a few other key systems. Uh, what we're really seeing is uh, a revitalization of the state, and um, the Galente militia is starting to realize that we may not necessarily have the absolute authority over the war zone that we've kind of learned to enjoy over the last several years. So it's kind of a big deal. Uh, the state is is becoming much more ballsy. The alphas are starting to see, we're starting to see a lot of effect in the war zone of, of alphas. And um, so it's mm-hmm. getting pretty cool. Great. Any more game news that you guys want to talk about? Game uh, news that the players made? Anybody have anything? If not, we just move on to our first segment. We have a couple segments. They're going to actually merge together. Um, but we are looking at this new expansion, uh, really good expansion that CCP put together, and it's bringing in a lot of new place, new players. But it's also calling back a lot of players that have been here before, uh, like uh, Danny. And so uh, I was going to ask Danny if she's tried Eve again. If not, if she is she tempted to? Danny, are you there? No, I'm sorry. I was muted to be polite. So, so one, don't say that because you're going to get shit started. Um, but I will say I did download the new experience and it really took me back to like my, just the essence of Eve Online because it's just so, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking buggy. Like there are no gun sounds. The opening scene didn't work. Um, the opening credit line didn't work. Or the opening scene didn't work. Um, there was something else that just shit the bed when I was trying to. It's <laughs> a family to show. Player experience. I'm sorry. 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 That just like completely crapped out when I was trying to when I was trying to do it, and it was late at night, so like about twelve thirty, I just shut it down. I only got to. What was it? What was it? The the end of the pirate, um, where you have to go and get all the minerals in order to, to create the data analyzer. Which I was kind of bummed out because before I left, like hacking was my favorite thing in game. So I wanted to really check it out and see what it changed, and you know I just couldn't get to it. So it, I was just like really nostalgic for just like the days of Eve Online. So yeah, we we played yeah. the ha- the heck out of that buggy game, and we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why. That's why it makes me so warm and fuzzy. And I know. It's inside. welcoming you back. Um, I know. But everything is like way too nice. Like 
what happened to the days of like a new player experience where you just berated by every single, you know, career agent you had and Aura was this cold, dead entity. Now she's like, oh, it's so happy to work with you. I'm like, what is this? It's a, it's a little bit sterile, right? You need the dark, dystopic uh, environment. Right? It's just, it's so friendly, almost like they want people to like come in and stay and feel welcomed. I don't, I, yeah. uh, not in my good. Eve this online, is, not in my Eve. A traditional Eve player is like, you know, <laughs> you're going to learn, but you're going to burn. Ash, what you've exactly. been working, Ash, you've been working with this a while. Uh, what's your experience? I know that you were preparing for the uh, new people to come and stuff. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I well, I guess it might have been because I tried the uh, the NPE when it was still on um, on Sissy, but I think that the current NPE is significantly less buggy than it was <laughs> even a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully, one point five fixes even more. Um, but we had a huge insurgence of of new players um, and. What I've been able to see, people are kind of walking out of the MPE quite motivated to uh, engage and kind of write their own story and all that stuff. I know that there is a fear that like the MPE will teach the wrong kind of kind of Eve, make people assume that that's the experience that they have. But that isn't what I've well, seen. What I've will seen it be is too nice? Is what you're saying? Well, not what's, just what's a wrong not, kind of Eve? Yeah. So people thought that, uh, or one of the things I heard a lot of was that the NPE would teach people that that kind of experience, narrative, uh, you know, rails-driven experience was what they would get in EVE, um, which is clearly not true. But from what I've seen, the people who have kind of got, got survived this current iteration of the NPE seem more equipped to kind of jump in and write their own story and do the the whole Eve thing. So I don't know what they're doing, but it seems to be working pretty good, at least for us. Yeah. So the, um, <clears throat> so Danny, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, how does it compare? Like you've, you've seen, you're obviously from older Eve uh, when it was a very uh, hard game to play. And I think it still is, but you're, you're saying that it is not, doesn't have this, does it have the same flavor or does it look too pristine and too nice? I, you know, actually it's, I, I think it's fantastic. It's very, I mean, it is very immersive. Like the voice acting is really nice. It really draws you in. I mean, Eva has always been a beautiful game. I know there's a, someone in the chat room, I think it may have been Caleb that made the comment that Eve has meaningful sound and that's always been the case, you know. Um, there have been the, the soundtrack that's currently in the game, like they actually toiled over that and like the music shifts as you go into different channels and into different portions of space. And I even you know, heard uh, recently oh. that if you uh, are using the, um, I don't know what you would call it, the hub, if you mouse over different uh, landscapes or um, sorry different points in space you can hear how dangerous those hubs are do you know what i'm talking about guys i didn't explain it very well like sound pulses yeah like like that's that's all part of it i mean <clears throat> like even the guns but you know for, uh, well maybe for other people but at least for me you know the guns really do have like an iconic powerful sound but getting back to your original question which is this new iteration of the NPE. I think this might be my third or fourth iteration of the NPE that I've seen. 
and it's way better than when it first started. You know, I started, oh, I'd have to look and see, but I think it was probably what 2012. I'm not sure which one it was, but I remember my first character, um, Ari Danica is Mimitar, but my first, my very first character was actually Galante. And I biomass that character when I was staring at the scanning mission and it was 99.9% for three hours. And I completely lost my mind and I just biomass my character and I didn't play Eve again for like two weeks. I was, you know, just mm -hmm. like, fuck this game. I'm not, I'm sorry. Yeah. Screw this game. I'm not dealing with it. This is crazy. Like, it just didn't give you any instruction. And you really, like, you had to go to Eve's guide. You had to go to some other third-party resource just to figure out the freaking tutorial. So, I mean, I think they've come a long way. And, I mean, clearly they have. I mean, look at the response. What somebody said that Brave has, what, 30,000 new people and... I watched the 07 Eve Online show and they, you know, the numbers are up. You know, you look at, you know, the graph because who doesn't love a good Eve Online graph? Oh, graph porn. <laughs> but, you know, the the numbers speak for themselves. So you have all these players returning. So, I mean, kudos to them, but I still think it's too So nice. you started playing in 2011? When did you start playing? 2011, 2012. I don't know. Mm. I have to look. In that time, though, you were very creative and you made some. Um, what was the shows that you were a part of? Oh man. Uh, so. So you went right. Part you, of you went right to the producing of shows, right? It sounds like. Actually, no. Uh, so when I first started Eve Online, I got tricked into becoming the Diplo for Space Monkeys Alliance, and yeah, that they, <laughs> they, they did worse without you. <laughs> <laughs> that happened within four or five months of me starting the game. And then I think the sixth month is when uh, SMA, our one of our corporations, BOAE Inc., lost a Kestrel with 74 Plexes the day after they started letting Plexes come out of a station. I remember that. And I had been a Diplo for probably three weeks at that point. So that's how I started Eve. Uh, and then after I got us out of the clear of that situation, finding out that our parent alliance in NC was fucking behind it the whole time. Uh, oh, do tell. Uh, All right, don't tell. But I'm still I'm still very bitter, so <laughs> I have to I have to work. Oh, no, no, you got to bring the bitter out. Yeah, we, we like we like our bitter here. We like our coffee black. Like, you know. We I'm paid for very, blood. Like I'm still very. <laughs> fucking angry i mean like th there is no dis like that that whole 74 plexus in a kestrel was actually like a six month like trial in the making uh our parent corporation mostly harmless who's now dead was trying to steal one of our corporations our corporation was like okay and they told our corporation you know you need to get these specific blueprints capital blueprints and then we'll take you on as a corporation member supposedly somebody's wife was like, oh, I'm going to do this great thing and I'm going to buy my husband these thousand dollars worth of plexus and, you know, plexus are cheaper in Gita, so I'm going to buy these 74 plexus, put them in my Kestrel, and then drive them out to Nolsex space, which is completely stupid because if you're paying for them with a credit card, just generate them in the in the Nolsex station and don't, don't ever move plexus in a ship. <laughs> don't do it. Just, just you are still doing it, it, by the way. <laughs> 
Don't do, do it. it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I think the worst thing about that is if people. You, if you want to, if you want to move plexes, just let me know, and I'll provide an escort. Did you guys see that Viator kill yesterday? Yeah, Speaking sure. of really awful decisions, like moving plex in a ship, but did you see that Viator? Holy shit! Yeah, there was, was a Viator that actually lost a ton of blueprints. Um, but those are blueprints, and they were all copies, so I don't see it as that big a deal. But it came up to like twenty-six billion. Oh, say that because you don't do industry, my friend. That's yeah, yeah a, but like a big right. tear rolls down every industrialist eye. I mean, if you okay. want to move blueprints, use an interceptor. But good God, don't use a Viator. I know. If you, if you want to move, uh, if you want, speaking of dark, uh, uh, darkness earlier, if you want to move Plex easily, just contract them to me. I will definitely take <laughs> care of them and bring them to our intended destination. Well, let's let uh, Danny, Danny finish what she was saying, though. Um, so, but because I wanted to get to the stuff that I think you did produce that was really yeah. good, and that was uh, these podcasts, right? So after after I went through all that, um, actually, was it Lost in Eve, who was who was run by a podcaster named Jade and Jane? They were trying to breathe life into their podcast, and so they were looking for a new partner, specifically a female podcaster. Um, one of the members in SMA, you know, brought this to my attention. They listened to podcasting a lot. I had really never, like, I'd read blogs and stuff and listened to, to a podcast every now and then, but I was so focused on my diplomatic duties, it wasn't really something I could keep up with. And so he, you know, brought it to my attention. I sit in a tape, had my interview, and that lasted one episode. So, which was a fun story because that, <laughs> that episode... So the very first episode, the guest was the Matani. Mm. And there were four of us on the episode. And so we made an agreement, you know, we would come up with our own questions to ask the Matani. And, you know, it would be this collective of, you know, talking and conversation. Well, the day comes and, you know, Jade and Jane asked to see the questions. And this is where I met Helen Turek, my first co-host. Um, they asked to see our questions and, you know, they were like, okay, that's great. And they were like, oh, you know, we didn't come up with any questions, but we'll think of them as we go. Well, I got gaslit. They took every, so without telling me, without warning me, they just decided to use every single one of my questions. So I didn't have anything to ask Matani and ended up like blanking and asking a question that he specifically asked us not to ask, which I think was <laughs> bullshit anyway, but I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry to all the children and the babies and the family. Is this so? Um, this was this was pre CSM Matani, mid CSM Matani, or this was, was pre CSM Matani. Yeah. I think this was like a year or two before he joined the MS the, the CSM. So during the commercial break, my infamous temper kicked in and I cussed everybody out. <laughs> like I was just so pissed because it's like this is my first foray into podcasting you invited me to be on this podcast you asked me to come up with these questions you set these expectations and then you gaslight me yeah what the and the stakes are high you have a you have a guest it's hard to get and may not come back so you want to make sure it's a good experience um oh my god i was so embarrassed so then that what did that lead to because we're running out of time for this segment it was because i want to get to so that led to Voices in the Void from That's the Void it. with Helen Turek. And then that that project moved into, you know, Tech 4, the the show that I had on Eve Radio, um, and everything else, the Syndicate Competitive League, which was a, um esports tournament that I helped some guys with Rope Capel run and on and on and on. 
So that's yeah. great. Where can they find the stuff to look back on it? Because it's very imaginative. It's uh, your your you had diaries of being in the wormhole. Uh, and it's actually done with stylized sound uh, and sound effects, and uh, it's really it's really interesting, very immersive kind of listening. Well, and so that that is Tech Four News, which was a project between myself, um, Seismic Stan from the Freeboot blog, and then um, Angus McDecoy from the Fly Reckless podcast. Um, and we we you know pulled people from the community. We did this uh, role play podcast that was following the storyline of the Erect Your Land project, which was ran by CCP Care Bear in his second iteration at CCP, and that was when they built a station in high sec when players built a station in high sec. And so it is it's you know we did it in the style of of um, fiction radio. It's kind of done like the shadow where it's it's very dramatized. And no, it is so. Voicesfromtheboy.net is still alive, but there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a blank slate. Um, actually, I gave the files for Tech Four News to Matterall, so he has all three 30, 30 minute plus episodes, plus um, four featurettes that follow the storyline of a news crew that is that are non capsuleers So they're humans looking up the Castleers and there's some interesting interviews with like Mark 726 who was involved in the Erector Land project. Um, one of the uh, role players who was in the Sanchez Nation role play group. So I gave all of that to Matterall. So if he posts it, that's where you can get it. But everything right. else, I don't know. I've had a couple of dry failures, so there's a lot of there's a lot of holes in my catalog. So. Oh, that's too bad. The missing work. Well, we'll we'll get that out either through Imperium News or I'll put it out through Talking in Station, so people can listen to some of the great stuff that you produced uh, early on. Which, incidentally, kind of looks like the same direction that CCP is going with new player experience. In that, uh, it's a very immersive um, environment to kind of draw you into the story, which I was very pleased uh, at, at that direction. So. Okay, so now we move on to everybody. Um, we're going to go around the board and see, like, you know, how this new expansion... And we want to get to the real world, like, what's actually happening? Because CCP released these big numbers, um, and there's supposedly a lot of new players, a lot of people making accounts, and uh, it all looks really good. So I want to know, is it really good? Are the new players adapting? Are they finding it fun? That sort of thing. Um, so let's. Um, we're not going to have much structure to this, because I don't want to... Give any, you know, I'll let you guys uh, just talk as you will, but uh, why don't we just start with Pork Butt and then we can just move on? Um, I think that it's been really good for new players. I think everybody's seen a lot of positive uh, feedback about that across the board, but one of the things that I think we're kind of forgetting is that it's bringing a lot of old players back as well. Yeah, Um, we've had a ton of people just basically decide to resub because they could come back, try the changes in EVE with their alpha clone and then be like, yeah, I'm going to like get back in this and uh, get my Rourke roll out because I used to only use it for moving, you know, space goo around and now I can actually use it to make money. And so all can, these people are coming back. And Can I, uh, can I just interrupt you for a second? I'm really sorry, yeah. but I did want to point out that in our own corporation, um, the person who founded uh, DICE uh, has returned after a six year absence. Uh, oh, so that's awesome. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're seeing a ton of uh, you know veterans, even in Goonswarm, uh, just coming back who basically are back strictly because Eve came to be strict. You know, Eve, well, sorry, coffee. Um, Eve is free to play, and so uh, that's it's free been to good, exist. Not only for, 
Right, and, and it's free for existing accounts. So you know, no matter how old your account is, you can come back and play for free, and at least get to see the graphics changes, see some of the um, the hard work that CCP has been putting in with the, all the new mechanics. And I think that's really cool, and it's having a lot of positive benefits that uh, we'll certainly talk about Alpha Clones, and I know like all these guys have been doing a lot of stuff to help the new players who've never tried it before, but I, I just wanted to point that out um, before we get that rolling, that it's been really great for veterans as well. Yeah, are never second, too old to be new again. I want to second that in saying that, uh, I, like, obviously I knew that we were going to have a bunch of, uh, like, newer players, and even a bunch of returning players, but what I did not anticipate was the sheer potential of cross-pollination that this has allowed for, right? So, you know, I've been I've been kind of jokingly saying, not jokingly, but like the shtick is Aderon Robotics is the premier corporation for the Alpha clones, right? Um, and yes, what, I, what, I've, what I've seen <laughs> is, yeah, what I've seen is actually a lot of people, not only do we have a lot of alphas, but all, or like just, you know, standard new guys, but we have a lot of people from other aspects of the game. Uh, people like Caleb, people like Ned, people like um, uh, even Apothne has made a Galente Alpha alt because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I've never tried Faction Warfare na before. And now you don't need to stop training on a main or worry about a record or anything like that. It's just like, oh, yeah, if I ever want to check out Faction Warfare, I'll just make a make a quick alt and throw it in this in this place. So. What's ended up happening is is that like I'm now in corporations that I wasn't able to be in before, and other people are now in my corporation that I've known on Twitter for years. Um, so for that purpose, it's also been really successful. Oh, for sure, and also spying. I mean, spying oh, is yeah. great for alpha clones because you just make an alpha clone spy, put it somewhere that you want to create issues with, and then go to town. That's what we were doing last night. It's super fun. Hey, Dunk, how's it going with you guys? You guys are the original. Actually, you're not the original, but you perfected it um, in the newbie corp. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if we perfected it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely it's been a cornerstone of what we stand for. Uh, I mentioned in the chat somewhere on uh, Reddit that I went to eVegas, and there were only two active Brave people at eVegas, but there were probably 100 ex-Brave, so I kind of view us as a stepping stone into a lot of different parts of, of eVegas. Mm -hmm. But uh, for Brave overall, we're seeing, you know, hundreds, not thousands of people joining Brave on a daily basis. Um, a big mix between people who are coming back, had played Eve maybe, not getting into Null, and now want to get into Null, uh, which is really neat. And then some truly new players coming in. Um, I think, you know, we're really seeing a big effect. Uh, comms are doubled, the amount of people in it. Wow. And and we're running out of uh, of. of kind of the entry-level stuff so things like salvagers are always out of stock um <laughs> bulkheads that we use in our fitting for the alpha atrons are always out of stock so there's a lot of enthusiasm a lot of new people trying stuff and like the other stuff saying other people coming back from they played a couple of years ago they may have been a high sec minor and now they want to try null because they're not paying for it so it's been really great um it, it's been fun, and uh, people are enjoying having you know more people in fleets. It sounds like you're feeling that rejuvenation, or, or the bigger numbers. Like, there's is there some kind of momentum for you guys? I don't know if there's a momentum toward like a big strategic thing. I think people are kind of enjoying things. Kigali's got us, I think, in a good place where people are having fun, and it, for us, fun really isn't now being the super meta game masters. That's just not really our thing right now, but. Um, you know, people are having fun logging in, killing stuff, getting stuff blown up. 
and that's what it's all about for us. Uh, our objectives are a little different than let's go kill a keep star right now. You made a good point about Don't salvagers being uh, like never available. Like salvaging for an alpha clone, I think is the best way to make a lot of isk. Yeah. You can make so much isk salvaging, it's ridiculous, Actually, especially if you find a part of space with lots of wrecks. Maybe the biggest um, the biggest unaffiliated corporation in EVE is a corporation that does nothing but salvaging for HiSec, and they basically f accept anyone to go freelance them to people who are running missions inside of HiSec, and it was a very, um, you know, the, the corporation made a little bit of money, and it helped new players have something to do, which is really cool. It was a, a services, like... Player-made services in EVE are probably the most inventive part of the whole thing. The way people find areas, uh, gaps in the gameplay where they fill. And they, you know, get a little bit of isk for that. And it's, it's just super interesting how that evolves. So, Rodin in chat is talking about casualness of alpha play dull the edge of EVE is hard. And we haven't seen that at all. I mean, I think people are still it's difficult to get them to come to grips that they're going to blow up their ship, especially the alphas in tackle. They don't want to lose their ships. They worked hard. They want to bring these ships they made in the NPE. They want to bring them to null. And we're like, no, you're not bringing it to null. Here's 30 million. I just bought all your stuff. Come here in your pod. So then when they start getting blown up, it's really tough for them. Those first few times to accept it, they get really mad, but that kind of puts a little passion into the game for them. They get the shakes and everything. How's it going in Horde? Uh, Horde has a little organization run by uh, maybe about 50 uh, of us called the New Bean Initiative, and it's run by one of our directors, Caliber, who was supposed to be here today, but unfortunately couldn't make it. And mm. he, this this guy is a, a trooper, believe me. He he does a tremendous amount of work to keep it organized, and this is a group of entirely volunteer organization nobody's paid anything nobody gets fancy roles or anything like that and all they do is just try help all the new players that come through horde which come by the hundred to begin with and we pass out chips to them we try to give them advice of what to do what which way to point their skills and everything like that and like it even goes on in fleet and now that we've had the alphas come out, we were doing the figures and the math, and we realized we've doubled the number of active pilots per week in the fleet mm. uh, in the whole corp, and we've hired at least a 1,000 alphas, we're pretty sure. And it's it's absolutely mental. <laughs> Our logistics is just simply can't keep up. We're helping people all day long, round the clock. It just doesn't end. Is that, is that but, rewarding for you? Uh, for me personally, uh, some people might might think I'm a little bit of an asshole, but I mean, uh, I do actually find it rewarding in a way because I, I enjoy helping people that when they take that help and they pass along to someone else and try to teach them to better themselves in the game and go on to do something better, whether or not it's in the corp or in the coalition or just somewhere else, somewhere where they want to be. If they're having fun and they're enjoying the game, that's what I find rewarding. Hmm. So, um, Jen, you were you were on the CSM, uh, and so you have some behind the scenes yeah. view and stuff. Like, um, is there any indication of how happy or what reaction from CCP is? Uh, CCP is currently being kind of cautious. They're looking at the retention of these new players. They're looking at how well the infrastructure of the game itself works. Uh, you'll you'll probably have noticed that there hasn't there's only just started to be a major push in advertising 
and that's because they wanted to make sure that everything was tippity toppity before they started to get people in. I haven't noticed that. Where would that? I mean, I used to notice Eve advertising all the time on my browser. So, well, they've been starting the uh, My yeah. Eve campaign. They've put out their second video for it. I haven't really seen it like as a pre-roll in YouTube or anything like that. But they're they are definitely starting to roll out their new media campaign. They have done a different advertising that I've seen as pre-roll for a couple of different YouTube videos. So they're mixing a couple of campaigns together. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot more advertising recently. And I know that the plan was to basically give it two or three weeks, see if there are any major concerns, and then start to push it out to the masses. So we'll probably see, we'll probably start to see another upwards trend. Like, I don't think we're going to peak at the, you know, 50,000 online that we saw. God, when was that? Yeah, I always thought there would be more of a slow growth, but um, it's it was pointed out to me by Noisy Gamer uh, that you want that huge bump at first because that's a clear indication of, just like a, a big opening box office, it's a clear indication of how long the tail of that is going to be. Um, so we did get a huge bump. Uh, it went from, uh, I think there's like 20,000 uh, alphas playing uh, on top of all the omegas that were playing before. Um at any, at any, you know, at the high point during the day, which is really high number. Um, so we'll see, like, if it gets to with the advertising kick in, starts to have a slower build, uh, you know, as it as it takes uh, this momentum into, uh, you know, absorbs the momentum. But what kind of guys, what kind of players are coming? Do we know? Uh, literally all kinds. I've seen a very large mix of older players that ran out of money, ran out of time to play more regularly and just sort of play five hours a week kind of thing. I've seen those people come back. I've seen people that were never really sure about the game and sort of tried it three, four, five times in some cases. And I've seen a tremendous amount of people that are playing it for the very first time because they were just really interested and wanted to do it without sort of throwing um, money at the game and were afraid of it. What I've seen is a lot of um, old school spectators, right? Like Eve is one of those games that a lot of people like to watch, but but for what one reason or another, haven't really invested into. And so what I've seen is a lot of people that that have figured that now that it's free, they might as well finally get you know that's their impetus to to give it a shot. See what it's all about. It, it, it lowers the barrier of entry to Eve like massively, and I think that's the main thing that it does it does it, it you know it takes away the time constraint that trials previously had uh, a lot of people have called it the infinite trial and i do agree with that that's how i initially referred to it but i know that that's not how ccp sees it they see it as a just as a, simply a different way to play the game i i want to point out that i i literally hate the term infinite trial mostly because people who are hearing that are going to be outside of the game itself and so yeah. They don't think of it like, oh, I can do whatever I want. They're, they're, they think to themselves, oh, I'm going to be limited forever, right? Because, in, in, for instance, in World of Warcraft, your limited trial is level 20, which is nothing. Like, you can't, that's, that's not even, it's barely outside of the newbie zone. But the truth is, is that's what it is. Um, coming from a newbie organization and wanting it, it not to be that, the truth of the matter is, is it's exactly that. It's an infinite trial where you're very, very gimped. And the best thing we can do for the game and for these players is the ones that can and the ones that are willing should probably transit to Omega. 
See, in well, Faction I'm, Warfare, I'm it's exactly the opposite. I've been telling my guys not even to bother upgrading to Omega because everything that we do is all alpha tier anyways. Well, as long as long as alphas can put warp core stabs on, that's all you need, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, we're, we're the Federation. We're not the state. Yeah. You don't want to mix up your alliances there. Um, all right. Well, there's one last question I want to kind of get to you guys. These are very specific players. They were invited for a reason. And these are guys that have, you know, been involved with building big communities. And I don't mean a few hundred people. I mean thousands, tens of thousands of uh, people who join up. So um, is there any you know, wisdom you can impart on how CEOs of smaller corporations should attract you know, people to, to their corporation? Are there any tips on how to support these guys? Oh, of, yes. Oh, that's, I have a lot. Yeah, it's probably a whole other show, but you know, do your best in a couple minutes. Uh, I think the biggest mistake that I see a lot of, um, I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday about this who's trying to go um, splitting off on their own and making their own corp. Um, and the biggest thing that I see is just if you specialize in everything, you specialize in nothing. So corporations that are like, oh, we do mining, we do ratting, we do PvP, we do faction warfare, we do null sec. I mean, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. It's like going to a, going things. to a dating service uh, and seeing uh, a list, and it says, you know, I like ice skating. I, you know, love movies. Uh, yeah, I or like the, I hate the same routine. It's like, oh, I like all music. <laughs> yeah. Music is great. I was like, no, you don't. Well, the issue lying. is, the issue is, is that Eve has freedom to do whatever you want, but that can also be paralyzing when they look to, when people look, especially new players, look towards leadership. They're really looking for direction. So if you tell people you can do whatever you want, then they kind of you're not doing them any good. That's not really liberating. Yeah, right. And the thing is, is like you want people that want to do a specific thing because then it helps you like tailor your message and find your group of people that you ideally like to hang out with. And and having a thing is good, but like having a reason to do the thing or having like a why you exist is even better. And you have to be specific with that. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote a whole article on crossing zebras, plug, plug, plug. Someone put the link up in Twitch chat <laughs> um, on how to help new players. But the, the main thing to take away, I think, for EVE players that are experienced is basically shut the fuck up with all of the super detailed ultimate min-max type of stuff that you yeah. recommend and keep everything very simple for these people. Because like I wrote in the article, if they ask you what a MWD is, a micro warp drive, just say it makes your ship go faster. And if they want to know more, they'll ask. Yeah. You don't have to get into all the secondary effects because it's just gobbledygook to them. And I see time and time again, people have to reel back to the basics and keep it simple. And a lot of people want to show how smart they are and how expert they are. And it doesn't help new players. They'll get there. They'll appreciate you later. But in the beginning, they just want to know, how do I target something? You know, that's a very good point, because I think in order to belong to the club, you have to speak that language. And so it's kind of reinforcing it. it, It's one of the reasons I became a writer was to try to break those doors open to tell medium or, you know, low knowledge people what the things actually meant. And you're absolutely right about say things go faster or this allows you not to get caught. (laughs) Like those are the thing concepts that people can understand. Um, And there's way too much of the jargon, you know, put out and stuff and it's really just telling you more about the person talking than it is about what people really want to know because at the end of the day people don't want to know what you think they want to know what you know does deep 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I mean, we're too I, deep. I would really love for there more like of these alphas coming in to like set up their own uh, corporations or like try to like take a step in doing like what Dunk and folks did when they created BNI. Um, I think that'd be great. I think there needs to be more initiatives like that, and people shouldn't be afraid to go do that. I think corporation management has a lot of you know stumbling blocks and things, but I don't think you should ever shy away from wanting to create content. So just get out there and do it. Hey, uh, Jin, I wanted to ask you about CVA, which is kind of the original hunting ground for new players, where people would go test the waters. Uh, what's it like over there? Has anything changed? Oh, it's been like way more active with like you know five to ten man gangs. Like, there's just been people fucking everywhere. Like, just up in every corner, every crevice. I know Suetonia has been leading the charge deeper into catch as well, playing about with the Boalition cult guys who are, you know, equally kind of, you know, they have that lower end of players, so they do bring, you know, things that they can fight. And uh, whilst I can't speak for how fun those actual engagements are, I've been kind of busy with the CSM and dealing with some stuff in real life uh it's definitely you know breathed a lot of life into that area so i'm super happy about it oh and also into a mar faction warfare that's gotten a lot more lively a lot more people for me to murder <laughs> well cool um we're, we've come to the end of the hour uh it just goes really fast but what we're going to do is uh, and maybe this is a new tradition maybe it's not but we'll do it today if that's all right um we're going to go ahead and end the show and then we're going to open up uh, uh after show and that's just invite people to come into Talking In Stations Discord, and you can get that because uh, it's going to be listed in the chat. If you want to uh, be a part of the Discord where we chat during the week and collect ideas and stuff like that for the show. Uh, and also we'll welcome more people into the uh, on-air show so that you guys can come in here and ask your questions or you know just kind of hang out, impart your knowledge. I don't know everybody who knows everything in EVE, and a lot of people um, that aren't guests on the show need to kind of come up and hang around. So, um, all right. Is there anything else, guys, you guys need to address? Uh, something you want to plug real quick? Yeah, I want to say that there's one negative thing about having all these alpha clones, which is that exploration just got a crap ton harder. Like, what? Why is that? We can't, like, there's no sites anywhere right now. Uh, there's alpha clones everywhere. And, and actually, um, uh, CCP Carker even tweeted out, about a PSA about leaving your sites half done because people are, are cherry picking and it was, it's been bad enough that that there's actually been a discussion about it because uh, there's just there's a lot you know it's it's one of the things that that alphas can do uh, very well by themselves and so exploration has been picked hmm. I can definitely confirm this has become a serious issue in horde space as well, where we sort of encourage uh, little hordelings to make their first hundred million isk or whatever it is with exploration, and they just simply can't. It just it doesn't happen anymore. They go twenty jumps out and see nothing. Yeah, it's harsh. Well, well, yeah. Some people are reporting, and you guys can in chat. Uh, you know, if you guys have experienced uh, increases in volume of uh, players and stuff like that, so go ahead and type that in the chat. And uh, okay, so last thing is there's uh, an announcement that there is going to be a RMT Records concert, and that is um, the guys that do the spoofs for the Imperium. Yes. Uh, really funny stuff. Do you know when that concert's going to be? Uh, I actually do not. Yeah. Um, I don't but know if there's I know a fixed date. Ungar, the one that does all the main vocals, is a, is a really good, talented musician. He actually plays a lot in Vegas. And a heck of a um, nice I think guy. He, I think he's a secret 
Elvis impersonator because I met him in person and I think he would fit into an Elvis outfit with like the hairdo and everything quite perfectly. <laughs> totally. Really nice guy. He's out there in Vegas. He lives in Vegas, I believe. Oh, maybe too much information. But. Um, Doxing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and there's also an, an alliance tournament. Sorry. Uh, there's a, a tournament for Imperium coming up, right? Yeah, so this is actually something that um, we were going to be doing internally on uh, CC, and then we just sort of wondered if we could get access to the Thunderdome server, and uh, the guy organizing it is one of our SCs, Sofasil. Uh, he sent an email to CCP and was like, hey, can we use the Thunderdome tournament server to do this Imperium uh, tournament? And they were like, yeah, um, you know, do it, and uh, you know, it has to be open to more you know, people than just the Imperium. So I know that they have some teams that aren't necessarily Imperium related. They already submitted the spots already, but we're kind of doing this as like a trial thing. And I believe we're going to look at setting it up for next weekend. Uh, if all goes well, because we're having a lot of technical issues to work out, we hope to have uh, like an Imperium open that is for like the entire galaxy to participate in and uh, submit teams for. And uh, hopefully everything will go well when we can do that. Yeah, Let me guess, if you win and you're not a member of the Imperium, you're allowed to join the Imperium, just send $10 billion to you? <laughs> right. No, um, there's there's no uh, you know scams or anything like that involved. And uh, every all the prizes are um, legit. So anybody anybody can win. Anybody can uh, you know be the upset. I think Asher is thinking that he has it locked, and uh, I'm betting really hard against him. Uh, <laughs> even though betting has been outlawed in EVE, I'm, I'm yeah. going to find a way. Careful how you bet. Can I use... a darkness as a third party for the prizes um, as, long as, you, as long as you don't actually use a third party it's perfectly fine if you can find it right yeah like you can do an internal betting pool as long as the as long as everyone is committed oh you guys know okay yeah we might do that yeah if i if i if i say hey dude i bet you a billion isk that x person eats shit and dies in the tournament and then said person eats shit and dies in the tournament and then I give that person the one billion isk. I didn't use a third party. I just gave him money. I just want Asher, just say I want that Asher to lose because he's only the 23rd best FC in you. I mean, I don't right. know who he thinks he is. All right, let's wrap up this show before we get into the next part, which is just uh, open mic. Um, but I did want to uh, lastly point out that we are nearly at 200 viewers live, which is great. It's a big number. It looks like the uh, United States is waking up, uh, or North America. And uh, starting to log in, or starting to watch the show. They do this last time we uh, ended the show, and they're like, "Is it starting?" <laughs> it's like, "No, you're an hour, two hours late." Uh, Ashtarathi, thanks very much for um, coming back to the show. Although you look like a convict in the shadows there. Like uh, I know that's a map behind you, but it looks like the county map, and you're in the county lockup. <laughs> oh no, that's that is the uh, that is actually the Galente Caldari war zone behind me. Right, you're a faction warrior. Uh, looks like we lost Danny. I wanted to say hello uh, or thank you very much to Danny, and uh, hopefully, I'm here. I'm coffee. And we'll s oh good, uh, Danny, stick around for the post show. And um, it's really nice to have you on the show. It's really nice to see you uh, tinkering with Eve again. And uh, you're such a positive, a creative person uh, that it'd be neat to see you do some stuff in the future. Right, Ash? Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to to see her triumphant return this is a delivery this is a delivery of a promised astrothy that they would be on the same show at one point because he is such a he is such a fan of hers i don't know if <laughs>
I, I'm just really no. happy that uh, Danny messaged me a couple days ago, so I got to like get all of my fanboy out. I've... All the all the squealing happened off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for showing up. Uh, we'll continue in the second part. But uh, that's it for us today. And we will see you next time on Talking In Stations. <laughs>